Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hello. Um, We are Jay Crossless this evening. We are Jay. I coined that phrase. Well, you did, yeah, in our Facebook Live hype video Mm. that we do before the show every week. We are still in Jay's flat. He is not here, um, but he has let us in to do what we will. Well, he hasn't let us in. No, we broke it. That would be very weird. Yeah. Well, that's happened before, though, hasn't it? Didn't he let us in and then leave? Once. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. He's that kind of guy. Um, So, um, hello to everyone. If you're joining us live on ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds, where we do the show live every Tuesday night, 8.30 UK time. Uh, We have got the chat up, I think, and Joe Branton is trying to log in. Well, I I don't normally do this bit. Jay Cross normally runs this bit, so, you know. Your computer is so pony that I think it might not, not be pony. working. It is pony. Anyway, so if you're joining us on there, if you've got any topics or anything like that that you want to uh, you want to join in on, um, Joe will be in the chat um, talking away. If you've got anything you want to suggest, um, then uh, yeah, we can uh, we can put that you can put that in there as well. Um, Matt Knight, how's things? Very good, thank you. And um, despite my train journey this evening taking much longer than usual, um, all right, positively upbeat. Good. I should say. Um, yeah, I've been working on a lot of things at work and also pedalboard things. Um, it, I ordered the new pedalboard, which I'll, I'll I'll show off next week. Okay, um, I saw. I on finally the... went. I went dual tier. Really? I've, I've done it. Okay, yeah. I saw on the Instagram page that you're doing a lot of rewiring and like people were giving you yeah. a huge I, amount um, of love. It was one of those things where you kind of take one thing off and then everything kind of comes off and then it's time you can't to... put it all back together. Yeah. Then, then you're like, oh, I'll just start again. Um, but it was good. I, I, I've kind of got a box of sort of pedals I don't really use very often. And um, like I pulled out the Count to Five. It hasn't been on my board for a couple of months. So why, I was sort of messing around with that. Why wouldn't that be on your board? I don't know. It's it's a, it's a tricky one. But you're, you're never going to use it unless it's on your board because it's such I know, a weird but pedal. Sometimes it's one of those things where you're like... I plug it in and it sounds great, and then sometimes I plug it in and it sounds rubbish. I'm, um, it never sounds rubbish. It just sounds like just, I have no idea just, how to use this. Yeah, it's just sort of and and I and I got it to a point where I, with another delay pedal where it sounded like amazing, and I was like, ah, oh, this sounds great. And then I kind of went back to it like a couple of hours later, and I was like, ah, oh, what happened? No, I just wrong. think it's just like I don't know. I just think this is just some random stuff that goes on inside it that kind of stops it from. 
I've started. I just think it's the way you play and stuff like that changes. That it's it's kind of a bit like the. Well, we haven't put the video up yet, but the Maleco pedal we did recently. Yeah, yeah. The um, which one was that? The, the Charlie, Charlie Fox Trot. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no. Well, yeah. I guess it is a similar sort of unusable thing. I think the Count Five is more predictable than the Charlie Fox Trot. The Charlie Fox Trot is super unusable. The the only the only it's time not, it's not unusable no, at no, all. No, was, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. To me, unusable is a really cool. I know what you thing. mean. Like not in a. Um, you know, it's not like a compressor or something that you'd have on all the time. It's a special yeah. effect. Definitely. I mean, I might pop it out for a recording if I wanted yeah. something totally weird. But yeah, for, for a pedal that's so unpredictable, you can possibly rely on it live. No, that's true. That's true. The I've been using my Counter 5 a lot more, but I've been using it in the most basic way, like the first or second setting, I think, where it basically is yeah. just like an expanded delay pedal. The yeah, loop- you can use it as a delay, and you can use it as sort of like a Rainbow Machine-esque yep. thing as well. Um yeah, it's, it's definitely got like some cool modes. I tried it with an expression pedal once, and it was just kind of like, like bent my mind. I couldn't really get my head around it. It's yeah, so weird. That's um, the uh, that's the next evolution, isn't it? That's the. Uh, it's good though. There's not there isn't really anything else. It is like truly unique, and you're seeing quite a lot of people with them on their pedal boards now as well. So it's kind of quite cool. That guy must be loving it. Yeah, like, definitely. Oh, I just well, this one thing, and then suddenly the pedal community latches onto it, and now he's making loads of them. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, it's gone completely bonkers. Matt, I saw that you bought another new pedal to add to your board this week. Um, another I one did. for the from... people who are watching us live can see it. There we go. That's the uh, what is it? Down Electro Black Licorice. Uh, what's the Black Licorice then? Yeah, Beyond Metal. Oh, Beyond Metal. Wow. Um, I didn't even look at the contract. Honestly, I saw it on eBay. Um, no, I didn't. No, so actually, someone from the Facebook group tagged me in a sale post for this one. Um, so someone I've, I you've don't got a little know. army of people finding. Yeah, someone I don't through. even know tagged me in a Facebook. I think I might have spoke to him a couple of times just on the group. But yeah, he tagged me in that, and the guy was selling it for fifteen pounds. Wow! Uh, so I was just like, I will have that. Didn't even look at it. Um, and when it turned up, I was like, I'll just you know turn the game down. Up, oh, there's no gain control. Um, it is literally level, bass, and octave. Nice. Uh, and octave oh. is on a switch. Um, and it sounds amazing. It sounds ridiculously horrible, but also ridiculously usable. Um, yeah, the only I just I really wish that I could find someone who would rehouse all of these. I mean, they look so cool in their boxes. But I kind of like them rehoused and then keep the boxes and then at least you can have their little case on display, but then they're in a more solid, like, usable... More... Because it's just the Switch format. Yeah, the, the yeah. Switch, there's no real... Um, there's no real, like, good contact for when you switch yeah. them on. The so- the Switch is too soft. Yeah. Like, I know and the big fashion at the moment is for these soft Switches, but they're ridiculous. Yeah, they're just not very good. I mean, um, I don't know if I also mentioned... I think I did, but I don't know. You can see it there. I also got the flanger. Right, which um, is which one? The hash browns. Okay. <laughs> I think they ran out of ideas after tuna milk trem, and uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, no. Um, yeah, chili dog octave. Um, but actually, the trem, out of all of them, is probably the best sounding one. Um, yeah. It sounds great. It's, it really does. So there's still a few to, to find. The chorus and the phaser are the next two cheapest ones. So... What's the uh, what's the most expensive? At the moment, probably the Leslie Simulator. 
which it's is like 40 45 quid <laughs> the rocky road well right. oh, oh, i remember that yeah yeah i um i prefer it matt if when you mention these dan electro pedals please never say what they actually are only just mention which food item they're named after okay so yeah there's um yeah the, the next two are the, the phaser and the chorus the uh pepperoni and the milkshake <laughs> of course <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, yeah. good. I'm glad the collection's coming along. How many more have you got to um, got to get? I'd like this a I weekly know. update. I, need, I, I did. I did have a picture somewhere of all of them. The ones that I've been I've not bothered with at the moment are, and I won't say what they are, but the grilled cheese, the T-bone, uh, <laughs> the black coffee. Uh, I haven't bothered with any of those ones yet. They um, they're not high priority. Okay. More the- of the other ones are. A high priority. More I, of the fancy coloured ones. I just can't wait until the collection is complete. I think it's. Gonna I know. Be... I'm gonna. I'm gonna I just want to work out a way that I can put them on the wall somehow. Yes. Just Velcro and then cover one of your walls entirely in Velcro. Actually, that's not a bad shout. You could build a frame with a wooden back panel and then cover it in, like that super sticky Velcro. You know the stuff that's like Lego. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then if I left enough space, you could probably still plug them in. So you could have it as a pedal board and as a practical wall display. <laughs> Bit weird for when people come around your house, though, I think. Well, weird for people who don't play guitar. People who play guitar be like, that's probably quite cool. Soon as you get Maybe that, not. Soon as you get that loft conversion done, Matty, that's, your, uh, that's job number one. <laughs> get, get the Dan Electro food pedals uh, wall built. I think, it'd just be, I think it'd be really good fun to... To just have them all, I think it'd just be a, it's it's a good like I I think I said it on um, when I put a post on Instagram. It's like a good collection that doesn't really set you back a lot of money. Yeah. You bought a couple of months, it's only going to set you back like you need to get a quid. pedal board as well, don't you? Because there is a there's a matching. Yeah, the problem with the pedal board is only holds six. So you how many are in the like, range? Like thirty. Right. Yeah. 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 You, or just buy multiples of the pedal board. Easy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sure. yeah you could do. Job done. Could Job do. done. I've been playing some with some new pedals this week, as well as the uh, Counter Five, which uh-huh. I've gone back to. Um, firstly, I, I um, I've been playing around with the F pedals Phase Vibe, which I know we've talked about before. Have we? Um, yeah, we did a demo. Did we of demo it. it? We did a yeah. ped- we did a pedal of the week. It's the one where there's two versions: the Phase Vibe Light and the regular Phase Vibe. The f- yeah. regular Phase Vibe is the one that has the wireless charging. Um, have which, you tried that? Oh, we haven't got that one. Have we, we haven't got we've that one. Got... We've just got the light. So what I really like about it is it's three phase settings, um, modelling, not modelling, but you know, voiced after different famous phases. Right. Um, but it's really rich sounding. It fits in fantastically. I just popped it on my board. Um, it fits in really, really well. Um, and phaser is not something that I'd normally go for, but yeah. it just sounds really nice. And the last setting on there is more of like. Um, more of like a pitch modulation, uh-huh. um, oh, that's cool. so you get a vibe sound, hence yeah, phase yeah. vibe. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's fantastic little pedal. How much Hi- are they? Ninety nine quid. That's pretty or good. Or yeah. I'm not sure you can get them in the UK, but w- right. if you import them, it works at roughly as a hundred quid, something like that. So um, yeah, cool pedal. But also, we received some new stuff from Walrus Audio. Hey. Indeed, hey. Um, two new pedals: the Luminary. Um, or the Luminary uh, and the Contraband. Um, what con- are they? Contraband is a fuzz, uh-huh. um, which, Matt, you, you'll have to remind me of the controls, but it's very, very basic, I think. I think it's just two uh, two controls. No, the Contraband is just one, well, one 
control that controls the output and yes. then one switch that goes between thin or thick that's it with a picture of a man fishing on the front of yep. it by the looks of it or he's carrying Perfect. a sack full of rocks yep. can't really tell and uh yeah it's a it's a it's a cool little fuzz very aggressive sounding um and both sounds are usable i would say you know a lot of the time you get fuzzes that there's a load of controls on there but you just don't really find a sound that's any good yeah um i find that more with the kind of more vintage voice fuzzes um things like you know uh the uh twin bender that we did i can see why someone would love it if you love those kind of old really old fuzzes um like the maestros and that sort of thing but for me that just kind of for the sort of stuff I do that kind of doesn't really cut it yeah, I like yeah. things much more like you know I've talked about my love for the magnetic effects white atom um, but also this contraband mm. is really really nice um, yeah really aggressive modern sounding fuzz um, with two just two just a switch for two tones so that's useful. quite nice isn't it because I've always really favoured the Zvex yeah um, series of uh, uh, fuzzes yeah no what's what's the fuzz name factory. fuzz factories yeah, yeah thank you yeah um i've always really favored them but they're really control heavy yeah um but mm. i kind of I, I i've always thought that sort of modern fuzzes require that because you have to tailor them so much more to deal with your top end than you do sort of vintage fuzzes but i totally agree things like the white atom and obviously i'm yet to hear the walrus audio one but things like the white atom where they just manage to make simple controls and make it all usable because that's sort of what it's all about it you know, if if you can just not have all the unusable bits, yeah. then you can simplify stuff down totally. To- and that's kind of what they've done um, with the contraband. It's just a really good modern sounding fuzz with two. You know, it's more like a kind of preference switch. Uh-huh. It's not like you go, oh, this one's better for this song, or this one's better for this song. It would be like which of these do you like the sound of I think is what the switch is there for so um, that's cool and then the luminary um, is kind of like an electroharmonics pog in that it's a Mm -hmm. um, it's a poly octave generator so you Um, get one up one down uh, no I think it's it's two either way isn't it Matt you should just have the uh, should have the controls there yeah I I just had it up and I've lost it Uh, it reminds me a little (laughs) sorry that did sound quite wrong (laughs) Um, where is it oh yeah the quad octave yeah, two octaves down, one octave down, one octave up, two octaves up. Reminds me slightly of the um, T-Rex one that came out recently called the Tritone, yep. which I think was a very oh, yeah. similar thing to that. But this one's also got filter and attack controls, a bit like the POG 2. Um, but I quite like to try because it's got this preset mode, and I couldn't work out whether that was just one preset or whether you can save... As far as like, I can- I've only played with them for about five or ten minutes each, I have to admit, because I just got them delivered, um, wanted to make sure that they worked and, and let the guys at Warriors know that it's um, it's all good. And then we'll do the proper demo uh, when we get time. But as far as I can work out, you've got no preset, so you're using the controls that are on the front. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's three different presets you can switch between. Um, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's that's always the limitation of something like the Micropog. Yep. Without having to go to like the Pog 2, which is way more expensive, is the fact that you have to yeah you, you can't have presets on the micro pog and then the pog two you've got almost too many presets so if you've kind of got like well there's nine so you've kind of got to cycle through it quite a lot to get back to maybe the one you want yeah um i just think the thing that all of these are missing i know they're going for probably analog more than anything is midi um because midi presets would just open it up completely then definitely really, is, using it, switches is there anything like that. that does this sort of sound that's got midi uh, presets you could buy well. I mean, I I use 
my H9, but the problem is, is it's just that touch digital. Yeah. Because you can definitely have, well, I mean, um, Chase Bliss Audio are the perfect example of having analog pedals that are MIDI midi controlled yeah so it is totally possible um but yeah if you go things like i mean the whammy obviously is digital but it's got a sound of its own but a lot of the other kind of pedals that try to modulate that things like the m5 as well just sound a little bit too almost too real so they sound like really fake do you know yeah. what, do you know what i mean they're kind of like they track too well and there's it's like the old boss oc2 which I had recently bought another one, but I saw one to Joe's. It's that the octave down is just a sound of its own that sounds really like synthesized. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just like a really good quality octave down. Well, the um, the luminary's got a nice bit of warble to it. And in fact, Mac, isn't there a control on there that controls the there amount is. kind of... What, yeah, what? flutter. Flutter, that's it, which is very much like a kind of warble. So if you want that... So they're, they're actually replicating sort of the vintage lack of ability to track. Um, yes, but also, you know, if you, one of the big things about those pedals is that if you have all the octaves up, you get a real kind of organ uh-huh. sound to it. That was always the big selling point of the original Pog. It was the first thing that mm. made you kind of sound like an organ with yeah. your guitar. Um, or in that that way um, and the flutter just adds a bit more of that in a bit of kind oh, of great. like texture and so yeah really cool pedals uh, we're going to be doing a full demo uh, on the YouTube channel um, so look out for that fairly soon excited to do that Joe, yeah. have you got any, any more news this week? Um, well about 15 minutes ago I lost uh, eBay bidding on a early 70s Gibson EBO upsetting it was upsetting very upsetting I'm, uh, I'm on the hunt for uh, something short scale at the moment I really want to get something short scale and then put it into D standard and possibly drop C okay. just to prove to myself that it can be done that's silly it can be done right what do you think no do you don't think do it can, just, do you, but it, do you think it can e. be done yeah po- probably get heavy enough strings yeah but you'd have to get long scale strings yeah and then you'd have to try and wrap them around especially on the low E get someone to make you the strings speak to Rotosound, sound they'll do it probably yeah don't you think it's weird though short scale strings for bass like are like 40 to 90 normally yeah but I mean, so weird. most people don't have as uh, kind of special requirements as you do. That's the... Uh, what? There must be plenty of people who like short-scale basses who like drop tuning. Mm, drop I tuning's don't. not unusual. I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised really? too. Yeah. Do I you think, think you're, it's you're basically... I hardly know anyone who uses standard tuning. Who uses standard tuning? Can you think of anything more boring? Hello. <laughs> Um, but that's yeah. the thing, I suppose. If you d- normally, obviously, that's why you want the thicker strings. But most people, if they picked up a short scale bass and they were kind of new to tuning and then tried to down tune it, it would s- be so slack that people yeah. would just be like, oh, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Or I'm by a long scale bass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, what we're saying, Joe, is down tuning's pointless and you're a weirdo. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not that weird. But anyway, so I'm on a look at. Uh, and, and really, what I want is a, I want a short scale Les Paul bass. That's what I want. But here's the thing. So I'm concerned. So you want like backache, basically? No, no, because I want a short scale one. So they're, they're a little bit lighter. But I want, I want that sort of thing. I want like a single cut, solid body, short scale bass, and they don't exist. What I want is a headstock that angles back. I want okay the the back of the neck to be you. all lacquered. I want a 
glue in neck. I want all those 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 things aren't that much to ask for. I can't go for a hollow body because there are plenty of things out there like harmonies, hoffners that do these single car models. Can't go for a hollow body because I'm going to want to drive it so much and it's just yep. going to go mental. So th- those are my specifications, and I cannot, and it's killing me. Like I barely did any work today because you were just just <laughs> trying to look for you shouldn't sh- admit that on the podcast yeah, yeah. probably not but i just trying to look for a short scale um here's one for you uh-huh. i think they were not full scale the esp ltd les paul base which i think was called <laughs> it definitely wasn't called that the ec456 yeah, no like it's that. too modern it has to be you're missing the point it it's has got to be, be retro yeah it's got to be like oh, there must be some the shonky port the old guild starfires and stuff yeah there is there must be somewhere but that's the other problem then you go for those sorts of things what do you get on those a lot wooden bridges yeah what can't wooden bridges deal with down to you yeah so it's a real like i must find something i was i was looking around um luthiers to today to to try and find like someone must have one of these in their catalog which is actually will bring us neatly onto the uh um uh, brand of the week later on yeah uh but you know for now i Still, just at a loss. At a loss. And I thought this, this SG base would come somewhere in, you know, into... Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Didn't get, get it. Bid. Well, went, it keep... went for less than £500, though, which it... is very cheap. It's one of the weird ones where the big uh, humbucker is in the middle, which wouldn't yeah. be my place for it. No, I'd, I'd want it right in the neck position. Yeah. But you still wanted to buy it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, One last bit of news. Um, I've been listening to a lot of talk radio recently, and... I've been investigating how we can do a phone-in show. We nice. should do a phone-in show at some point. Now that we're live streaming to the internet what, what every would week. Would, well, I, would get, I just leave the room and we, call? No, we can get people to call in. I don't think um, people will call in. If you're interested in that, um, I'm going to start a thread on the Facebook group about how we're going to do it. Uh, and one night, we're going to do a phone-in show. I'm obsessed with this idea. Right. So uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm well up for that. Let's, let's have a phone-in then. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be, be good. good. Um, let us know if you're in the chat at the moment. Let us know if you uh, would call in to the show. And let us know in the Facebook group too. Um, Shall we do some news? Nude. Uh. Big, big news this week. Um, big, big news? It rolls around every year around this time of year. Oh, my God. Before but I the uh, Christmas Christmas decorations but go why? up. Why every year? Why every well, year? You could leave it a couple, guys. Well, we're recording and this. why does it get consistently worse? <laughs> Maybe for the bases. We're, um, we're recording this one day before the Apple conference. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious what sort of model Gibson are following. Um, we are, of course, talking about the new uh, Gibson 2017 models announced this week. Um, lots and lots of new guitars um, with... Varying changes, basically. Um, Some of them are very similar to the 2016 spec, and some of them are brand new models altogether. Matt, should we do a rundown? Um, Do you want to do the the most obvious ones first? Things like Lesbos Standard, Lesbos Studio, because as far as I could tell, Um, not that much has changed. No. um, The other thing was, because I'm pretty sure, I mean, I'm out of, you know, as some may know now who have listened to the podcast, I'm out of retail. So I'm assuming this was a leak, right? Because it's still not live on the Gibson yeah, website. it was a leak. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I mean... A re- leak. Retail... And people can't see me doing the, the marks in quotes. the air there, but it's definitely uh, definitely someone at Gibson. I mean... I'm sure they're well, just trying to do it to... Maybe. Retailers are listing them, so I think it's fair to say that we can we can talk about it. So, um, yeah. 
Um, and yeah, yeah. also the I, actual, I the leaked big... them actually. Yeah, Joe. Joe actually yeah. is the king of leaking. I wasn't the source of the leak, but I, I think I was the first UK people to to leak. No, that's not true because in the Facebook group, someone posted it up saying, "Joe, what do you think of these new oh, yeah. and, and you went, "I don't know." And then, yeah, that's true. And then I leaked it. And then <laughs> then you leaked it all so, over. Yeah, all over um, the the GAC Twitter and Facebook. But yeah, it was, thank thank I you think... for whoever that was. I think the uh, most important piece of uh, news, just to mention regarding these, just before any of the usual listeners, I know one of them who might switch off when we talk about new guitars, is that they're actually making left-handed models. Really? Of, of, every mo- of every one. What? I know. Uh, yeah. About, and, and, but it goes to show it was only because they'd, they'd, they'd overproduced so massively in 2013 that, that they were trying to get rid of all that left-handed stock. It did stuck that that meant that left-handed people had to then put up with not having any new models for a couple of years. But hey, literally nothing good came out for the next two years. So, uh, so well, three Joe, years almost. So, so maybe fine. The bases. So down on these. No, well, look, I, I okay. Was... So bases is the worst year in Gibson's history. That is absolutely one hundred percent not history. true. Discontinued Thunderbird. Discontinued SG. No rippers, no grabbers. Yeah, but like, this no, is not yet, though, mental. I think there's some this things that madness. haven't been announced, though. Yeah, there might be might be new stuff. Matt, let's um, we'll get to bases in a minute. I know you're furious oh, and frothing at the furious. mouth, ready to talk about them. But um, yeah, Matt, um, we have uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the more standard models. What's yeah. changed from last year? So what's changed so far, or what they haven't announced? I'm assuming what they haven't announced yet is high performance spec. So everything that we're talking about is what they call T-spec or traditional spec. So it won't have the robot tuners on, won't have the titanium nut or the contoured axis neck heel. So we're talking a more traditional body size and shape. Um, So the standard T. Now, as far as I can tell, the only thing that's particularly different is that there's two new finishes, Bourbon Burst and Blueberry Burst, which is by far the best finish ever made by Gibson ever <laughs> which is the purple and blue burst it actually looks uh, alright I was willing to hate great. that and it looks really good it looks amazing um, but as far as I can tell that I mean they're saying modern body carve and internal weight relief so I'm assuming it's the same um, they haven't kind of said that they've done it differently still has the same um, coil taps on the two volumes pull pa- phase and um, the blowout switch for um disengaging everything and going straight to output jack um yeah as far as well i mean they say they've removed the pickup selector ring as well i can't remember if it was there last time no it wasn't that's the only aesthetic difference i could see on the standard two finishes uh and they've taken away the rhythm treble switch uh rhythm rhythm treble markers which is just seems weird I sort of agree with Joe in the fact that they probably don't need to do it every year. Yeah. Um, because you kind of think actually they could have probably just released a couple of new colours. I think it's just because they stamp it with a new year. But the ridiculous thing is these will probably start shipping into stores by Christmas. So they're sort of going to land in 2016 and they'll have 2016 stamped on the back because that's when they're built. Yeah. But every 2017 models. 2017 models, yeah. I just think that the, the factory's just working so far ahead of itself. Um, it's just, I think, you know, by all means, release new stuff. But when you call it 2017, it instantly, like, devalues the old stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, to me, that seems like a Well, a poor decision, except for but. in 2015 when actually that, that increased the price of everything that had gone well, before. Yes, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so that's, that's the standard. That's the sta- standard. standard is basically yeah. the same. What about the other, the models that I would regard as standard? So things like the classic. So, yeah, 
traditional tea. Um, so traditional's back. A uh, couple of different colours. Um, the biggest thing with these is they've put burst buckers in. Um, so they were classic 57s, and now they've gone to burst bucker 1 and 2. And they're the same pickups they put in the custom shop, 58s and 50... No, they're not. They used to be the same pickups they used to put in the custom shops. Obviously, they put custom buckers in the custom shops now. But yeah, so you're going for a much more old-school path style pickup um to me classic 57s always sounded slightly harsh they just had that slightly brittle top end um and the custom buckers are just slightly warmer they've got a slightly woolier bottom end to them but effectively the same as last year slightly thicker neck profile aa top no weight relief but you've got the burst buckers on there uh then you go to uh classics so classics were a model they bought back in 2016 not part of the original range but back into it was supposed to be like a limited run and then i think it's gone to like more of a like a well it's obviously like a standard production but i think these are going for kind of like late 60s early 70s um classics always classics always been a weird one because that was actually a guitar before the traditionals wasn't it yeah and then because that was the time when they were doing standards with a 50s and a 60s neck yeah and then classics which just had like the 50s neck if i remember rightly uh no just 60s they had a um, oh just 60s if you remember they had a uh, they had a pit guard on there that said 1960 on them um, oh, yeah. And uncover pickups. <laughs> and I think even maybe they did them before you could get the 50s and 60s necks on standards. I think when there was maybe. just a standard which had a chunkier I think, neck. Yes, you're probably right because I think they went away and then they came back yeah. as the classic pro or something which were like an American limited model and then yeah. came back. And then obviously, yeah, 2016, they had a limited run. Um, so these are classic 57s. So... They're kind. I suppose the way you'd look at them is a plainer Les Paul traditional, um, but they've got locking tuners on, so they've kind of gone. Here's the traditional body shape. Uh, doesn't say about weight relieving, but I'd imagine it's probably in between the Les Paul standard one and the old Les Paul standard, which was like the what they called the Swiss cheesing, where they drilled like the six holes. Yeah. Um and then yeah, classic fifty sevens in that. So that's they're gonna be like seventeen hundred, I think. So they're only about two hundred cheaper than a traditional. Um so I think if you want something with slightly brighter output and different finishes, gold top a weird looking translucent green emerald oh green like what green ocean on? burst I what think is, is something everyone's loving green at the moment at I keep yeah. seeing loads of like new guitars coming out in green yeah yeah no green's great green's great no I definitely just, not just not in not in, in, in Gibson's the worst colour no no it's, it's great where it sort of traditionally makes sense so on Burns guitars on, on Fenders you know on, on Harmonies mm. but not on Gibson no you're well, wrong well other than um, the Joe Bonamassa Epiphone Les Paul that's an excellent green. We we had this argument, didn't we? Because we thought it was Inverness green. Yeah. And apparently it's not. It's something unique to the Bonamassa. Okay. Bonamassa green. Yeah, whatever. Bonamassa pier. Yeah. Um, so those are the more standards. Where are studios at this time around, Matt? So studios, slightly more expensive. Okay. Uh, dealers have kind of le- leaked and listed the price at 12.99 really for a studio yeah. that's, to me that's for even studio. high because they were 10.99 I remember a time when they were like 6.99 mm-hmm. um, and then they went to a more standard 9.99 which seems like the right price a thousand pounds for that sport that guitar seems like the right price 12.99 to me I'm sort of on the that's border with that 
Gibson and Epiphone I mean, um, went up across the board. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, a lot of things know. have recently. Brexit, um, mate. Brexit. Brexit. Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I but they haven't really changed anything apart from they're saying ultra modern weight relief, and I'm what pretty sure their weight relief. What does that mean? I think it's the same weight relieving as the standards. Right. There is actually, um, uh, on Gibson's website, there is actually an explanation of the three different types of weight relieving oh. they're using now. So, What do you think about weight relief? Yeah. Um, what do I think about weight relief? I think that I personally don't like how the standards Should feel we explain what it is for listeners? Well, yeah, we've not talked about it for, for a while. Matt, have you actually got the diagram of the three types of Gibson weight relief I, I can find it though okay well, um, we can probably talk about it off the top of our heads it. without it so it comes in so obviously you have well the, I mean go on go on Matt I was going to say I was going to see if I could find the most modern one but I mean for me like if I was going to buy a custom shop I probably wouldn't want it weight relieved because right. I kind of you would be going for something that feel, was I want specific. the feel of a one solid piece of mahogany yeah Whereas if you're going to play a standard and you play it and you like it, I kind of think, yeah, great. You know, doesn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, there's three types. I don't know. I'm just having a brief look over here. So yeah, the first one, which I've always been told or has the nickname like Swiss cheesing, what they call, I think, more traditional weight relieving, which is basically where they drill nine holes um, in the kind of upper bout yep. um, so away from the control plate um, and then obviously it's routed from the control plate to the uh, toggle switch and that's designed to just take some of the weight off but it still feels like a chunkier guitar um, you've then got full on chambering which is where basically everything is completely hollow um, so there's barely any wood underneath so you'll get that on things like the Billy Gibbons yeah and then they do modern weight relief, which is like a series of kind of like rounded triangle shaped holes that are designed to take off more wood, but they leave more solid wood around the bridge section. Yeah, so and you I get, think this is a great still idea. Still get solid resonance and sustain. Yeah, and you get this sort but of thing. But it takes off a lot of the solid bit. It take and around the edge. Oh, you can't. Still becomes a really resonant instrument. You're sorry, Matt. You cut out there slightly. So you were saying that they, they leave kind of as much surface area as possible, basically. Yeah. They so they take off as much as they can, but still making it as resonant as possible. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, so my thoughts on it are that uh, personally, for me, I don't like the standards. I don't like that modern weight relief. I find right. that it feels. Um, it changes for me. It changes the tone of the guitar and how the guitar responds. It's got a kind of semi-hollow kind of feel to it. Yeah, that's what yeah. needs to be avoided. I think. I think there are ways of doing it, and, and actually, there are lots of brands that uh, that do Les Paul style guitars, and weight relief is very common in them as yeah. well. And no, it's, it seems to be only Gibson that go for the modern weight yeah. relief system, which just seems bonkers. Because yeah, I completely agree. It makes it sound like an ES. Yeah, I kind of like it more on like the. I think is the traditional has got the traditional weight relief hasn't it Matt with the Swiss cheese style no the traditional is and it was the same last year is no weight relieving ah, okay, so fine, traditional yeah. weight relief came from traditionals in 2013 yeah 2014 the one after the one that Jay had recently was a non weight relieved traditional yeah. and, that and feels- then the ones after that became yeah yeah it feels more real I know that sounds silly but it feels more real like when you play it, it it feel it it 
plays nicer unplugged. And I know obviously that's not the main point when you've got an electric guitar, but when you pick up a Les Paul stand, you can kind of feel. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Feel it? Yeah. And they are very light and... Which is, in one way, a good thing, you know. Um, but realistically, I mean, I I had um, all my guitars out the other day. I was changing some strings. I was like, do you know what? I've never actually weighed my Les Paul. So I just put it on the scales I got in the bathroom, eight and a half pounds. Okay. I weighed my Strat, and it was like 7.2. And I was like, <laughs> it's a pound. There's like there's barely anything in that. Yeah, and when yeah. you use a wide guitar strap, it doesn't really make much difference. Yeah. So for me, I'm kind of like, hmm. Yeah, you know. It's Should we run down? One. Let's run down the rest of the range. Um, so those yeah. are the, that's kind of your, I guess, your staple of Les Pauls. Your standard, core line, I suppose. Standard down to the studios with the traditional and the um, the other one, uh, classic in there as well. Yeah. Um, there's some other guitars, isn't there? Basically, um, do we know what's going on with SGs yet? Mm. I think there's an SG Standard T, which, as far as I can tell, is the same as last year. Okay. Same neck profile, same pickups. That also goes for the Explorer. Okay. And the Flying V. Okay, so just um, they're just a redo of, of last year's Except I think, actually, the, fly, the Flying V has Dirty Fingers pickups in it, actually. Okay. Um, which, to me, probably my least favourite of all the Gibson pickups... <laughs> They're, they're just quite bit, rowdy. Really? Yeah. You don't like them? Yeah. No, they're just... That's ridiculous. I don't know, harsh. <laughs> uh, I kind of feel the same way I feel about things, something like the Duncan Quarter Pounder. Um, I think it's just too much. No, you're wrong. I like a bit of subtlety out mm. of the old pickups. Yeah. Um, so, if they're staying the same, um, what uh, are these kind of new... There's a few kind of new models some quirky stuff in there as well yeah so firebird studio and firebird standard yeah uh, some nice ones so firebirds are kind of they hadn't really gone away but now they're kind of more prominent in the line yeah so the studio features two humbuckers which are the 496 and the uh yeah the 496 r and t which i think are very similar to the the studio ones 
Um, and then the studio, sorry, the standard has got the mini humbuckers in, so more of the classic fiber look. Um, and they're really good prices: ten nine nine for the studio and twelve nine nine for the standard. That's fantastic. Like, yeah, because they were fourteen or fifteen nine yeah. nine, I think before. Well, and at um, times they've been completely out of the catalogue as well. You know, Firebirds yeah. have kind of come and gone over the years. Sometimes only kind of very limited custom shop runs have been available and you've been looking at two and a half grand which and i'm sure people have paid that for them because they are one of the coolest guitars well completely completely remember a couple of years ago just before um gibson went completely insane when it came to bases and they uh reissued the non-reverse yeah uh thunderbird bass yes thunderbird firebird so the same thing that was cool yeah the um for a while the only firebirds you could get were non-reverse two humbucker marble swirl um, firebirds they were the See, only ones that were available and they did oh, a blue amazing. marble swirl and a red marble swirl See, that's great that was um, what was great about Gibson they're unbelievably cool unbelievably cool certainly on the um, on the amplified group at the moment uh, Gibson are proving to be quite a point of contention Okay, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of love there are people who have pre-ordered um, 2017 models because they're so excited about them and, cool. and in some cases they are very affordable for, for what they've released things like the firebird zero yep um, but yeah, there's a lot of people saying that you know that because of Gibson's choices over the last couple of years, it's really sort of turned them off, and uh, some people very it's, bored. It's by silly, Gibson's. really, isn't it? Well, I think. it is. It's crazy. It's like yeah, a brand Gibson's- that people love to hate, and it's kind of like, well, well, they've done a lot of mental stuff. They they're a brand that that can that that they have everything going for them, and to manage to cock that up or even come close to cocking that up is is quite quite impressive I think we've we've reached a nice middle ground now though if you want a traditional guitar you know out there now there's at least four Les Pauls that kind of fill that role there's the SG Explorers and Flying V's are back in a very traditional way Um, you've got uh, some Firebirds now which like I said were out of the catalogue for a long time and yes they still do all the high performance stuff you know they do the things with the robot tuners and the tuners in the pickup rings and all that kind of bonkers new technology stuff but you don't have to buy that um you can just buy a really nice les paul yeah for, for not a huge amount of money or you know a firebird for what do you say about 12.99 for a firebird i mean yeah. that price probably hasn't changed for i don't know 10 years i can't remember the last time they were that that cheap yeah i'm um, sure they've never been that cheap not so, for a proper one with mini humbuckers and everything no, no. so um, there is one more firebird in the range isn't there matt which is a little bit more on the bizarre side uh, which one is that? I don't. I can only see those two, unless I'm missing one. I'm trying to. I'm trying the, to use the all Firebird, the different sources. The Firebird uh, the, Zero. Yeah, Firebird Zero. Which is actually a, a topic that, we're, that that's coming up on the forum at the moment. So the Firebird Zero, from what I can remember, Matt's going to look up the details now. Is a non-reverse Firebird or a reverse Firebird? I can't. Basically, it's like. Oh. It's, Get it's it off a, my screen. It's, it's awful. A, it's a firebird that's kind of the wrong way around from the the one no. that you that you know about. Um, it's, it, that it's, is that is awful. No, two, you are two so humbuckers. Wrong. You are um, so wrong with a very a different scratch plate. Um, I'm I'm totally torn as to whether Although, this is a really cool thing or something totally disgusting. Mate, definitely, definitely going to be worth loads of money in the future. Yeah. They're going to be like Matt a ridiculous Knight, I have flexible. never disagreed with you on a guitar, but if you don't think that that is one of the coolest things Gibson have ever released, maybe the only good thing in the catalogue, then you're a fool. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean for, the more I look at it, 
Well, so it's got like a Trini Lopez headstock as well. Yeah, that's cool. Look at it. Um, it looks no, like... Yeah, I'm into that. It looks I, like I an just, old pawn shop. Yeah. Guitar. It's uncovered it's pickups to me. Oh, yeah, but it's, you could change that. So worth mentioning, so this guitar, um, obviously... Ma- you know, mate, the price point is why they're uncovered pickups. Yeah. So it, it, price well, point. What I was going to say is... If $500? Uh, don't bury the lead. Oh, um, sorry. If you're uh, listening to this, um, I would highly advise checking this out um, as in a kind of read-along style. Um, go, and, uh, go and look at a picture of this. Because it is a cool guitar. It's very different. It's very much in that kind of... Um, it's kind of like a Pelham Blue, I guess. I don't know if they're actually calling that Pelham Blue. Trini Lopez headstock, uh, non-reverse body, um, yeah, with a very unique scratch plate. Yeah, but brand new scratch plate. The key thing is price-wise, four nine nine dollars. And that I think is unbelievable. This is an American Bill Gibson we're yeah. talking about here. And yeah. and in the past, when they've done things like this, they've made them satin finishes. Yeah. Um, or they've certainly made them very boring finishes. Mm-hmm. That you know you normally have like a satin cherry, a satin chocolate was one of the things, or like a satin black. Now with with this is this is a completely unique Gibson in a in in one of Gibson's most popular and most sought after colors for four hundred ninety nine dollars. That is. That is amazing and ridiculous. It's it's really cool. I think it's a great move for Gibson. I don't think I don't think you can view a five hundred dollar Gibson Firebird in any other way other it's, than. Um, a, do you know what it reminds move. me of? It reminds me of a Fender Toronado. Yeah, it's got very much that vibe, like just a fun, yeah. cool guitar. So I'm uh, just looking in the amplifier chat. Someone in there is saying that um, he's just bought one for his eleven-year-old daughter. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and that guitar is perfect for that you want if you want to buy an american made guitar for not a huge amount of money that's just a fun cool looking guitar then that is a really really good option should i tell you what it reminds me of go on um the uh, st vincent uh, it's got a bit of that kind of vibe yeah, yeah it's that same similar finish similar vibe matt there's a couple more guitars um the les paul custom studio i believe um, which to me doesn't yeah. look like a custom or a studio but um yeah no i think it's the same it's along the same vibe as the CM yeah. they did, um, which is kind of like flat top, mahogany only. Um, but they're it's oh it's a swamp ash top, okay. With some weird pickups that I've never heard of. DA five, DA DSA five, and DSA five plus. Um, Weird choice to call this the the custom studio. Two established models that this doesn't really bear any resemblance to. To either. Yeah, Yeah, very weird. Uh, Which is also weight... So it's Swamp Ash body with weight relief and then a Swamp Ash top. Um, Very very odd. I don't know what they're going for with that. And then similar is the one alongside that in part of the same range, which is the custom special. Yeah. Which... Like the way that I've the photo I've got here looks like it's almost got like a bevel top to it. Yeah, I, I think it has that. as well. Yeah. So, so this reminds me of the L6S. S, yeah, which I think is what they're going because they're saying part of the deluxe S series. Right. Okay. So I don't know if they're kind of trying to bring that back. Yeah. Um. So it's like a one, like yeah, but it's a maple neck with a rosewood fretboard, and then part of this double slug series apparently is the name of these uh these pickups um it that's just a very very odd but i mean it wouldn't be gibson's new range without throwing a couple of 
curveballs in there. No, but just know Les Paul Jr., which I, I think is a massive shame. No, I like um, it because every time they don't do a Les Paul Jr., the value of mine goes up. So, yeah, to just, me, it's, it's madness. Actually, think... that, is, that is actually a, a, a topic in our brand of the week as well. The, okay. The, the, the non-existence of the Les Paul Jr. in the Gibson line. But they have, obviously, they've got something similar-ish. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's some entry-level models there, which I guess is what the, where the kind of junior comes yeah. in. Joe, you mentioned brand of the week. We're, we're running short on time. Oh, so we're just skipping bases. No, 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 no. no, no. Let's skip no. Gibson bases because there aren't any. No, calm down. All right. I was going to give you the option. Do you want to talk about Gibson bases now and have a little less time for Brand of the Week? Or do you want to talk about them next week mm-hmm. in a bit more detail? Well, Brand of the Week's quite short. Okay, well, let's talk about um, the Gibson bases now. Yeah, yeah, let's so do that. So, two new bases announced, is that right? Or one new base announced? One new base. Okay. Just a four and a five-string version, I think. I okay. think that was it. So um, far, we should st- stress that, yeah. like Matt's saying, there's been no official announcement, but dealers are listing some of this stuff already. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, there is one new yes. base. So, one new base in a four and a five string. So, that means... Oh, the, the EB base, like that cool one they no. did a little while ago. No, that no, one that's no, no, really popular no, and, no. like, cool. No, so it's called the EB base. Yeah. It's not the EB base body shape Okay, that, that they... That they'd introduced sort of similar before. vibe, a bit like retroy no, kind of. No, uh, so no, it's not. It's not retro. So what they've released is a very eighties looking. Um, what was uh, what was uh, Leo Fender's last brand? G and L. G and L. So it looks like a G and L. I mean, so to me, what, what they've made is an eighties looking double active humbuckered four and five string bass. By the looks of it, in a natural finish or a sunburst finish, scratch plate, plateless, massive bridge, super modern, bolt on. Oh no, it is it actually glue on? What a joke! It's actually a glue on. So you know well. what these are? Um, they're Tobias bases. Yes, you yes, know they Gibson are. bought Tobias. Yeah. Little, well, probably not that far off ten years ago now. No, long, a long time ago, and yeah. they've been doing very well. I thought they did quite a nice job with Tobias in the Epiphone. Yeah, well, the Epiphones have sort of taken that design. There mm. was some um, starter Epiphones that took the and Tobias body shape. You, and you and me were sort of working in and around the, the base department around the time that Tobias sort of turned up on the Epiphone. Yeah. And all of a sudden you had bases that sounded great for sort of sub £200. Yeah. I think they were, if you liked a modern look, they were literally the best starter base to get. They kind of knocked Squire off of that sort of automatic entry level spot for yeah. a while they, they were really good at that sort of level yeah definitely so what they've done is taken that body shape um, yeah. and that ethos and, and called it a name of a base that has nothing to do with this yeah exactly and released a four and a five string model so so far no Thunderbirds no SGs no Rippers no, no, no Grabbers no, <laughs> no Explorer but do you remember, like a few years ago, when we had like we had the the Thunderbird, the non-reverse Thunderbird? They did the double cutaway Les Paul Junior bass. Yeah. They did the Les Paul um, bases. Les Paul bases. Well, they had actually. We do have some short scale ES Les Paul bases at the moment. Okay. Doesn't meet my criteria because no, it's ES, it's and they're body. also two grand. But okay. I, I, I and you're cheap. That. I'm cheap. But um. But yeah. So they they've done some amazing stuff. They also did that Nirvana signature model around then. Chris Novoselic. Yeah. Thank you. The EB bases were were. Sort of around all really great stuff like a really interesting cool wrench oh and of course we've got the g3s remember the grabbers oh yeah three pickup grabbers they weren't great but i thought they were right i mean certainly the bass player from paramore became the oh, yeah. only famous person who was using yeah. them but they, they were cool um but yeah just i don't know what they're doing i don't know i don't know 
I don't know how we can have a brand that, that have got such successful bases in the Thunderbird and the SG base and and do something that, they're, um, they're, they're trying something this might be the year where they try stuff on bases yeah, and maybe. see what works maybe just maybe sometimes this is disappointing companies just don't want to I mean we see it from you know we do see it from brands like Marshall where they're like they've got the heritage but they almost don't want to rely on it because they're worried that they're not pushing the boat forward yeah but yeah and they push the boat forward too far and it sails away and it's too late to reel it back in we'll see so. i'm sure next year there'll be thunderbirds galore but you might have to wait i really months. i really hope so we'll I see really hope we'll so. See. um so no les paul juniors or anything announced no. yet and um, very much kind of more modern stuff certainly on the bases but also on some of the guitars yeah um and that brings us to brand of the week yeah <clears throat> brand of the week very good. Thank you. Very uh, vocal as always. Who's brand of the week this so week, Joe Brand Branson? of the week is going to be a little bit different this week again. I guess we sort of had, we, you know, we started off with all those really super traditional, obscure 60s brands. Um, and then we moved into kind of, we had a couple of super modern things after yep. that. Last week, we did our first kind of custom shop series. Now, um, I think Gordon Smith, who were last week's, were are an exception to the custom shop thing because they do custom shop perfectly because they managed to make it affordable accessible and everything else like that great feedback on that by the way um gordon smith actually i mean not the person because that was two people right that was two people and um, they no longer own the company indeed um someone from gordon smith got in touch to say um thanks for making us brand of the week and yeah. um yeah we might go up there and have a look at the um go and have a look at the workshop yeah i really want to go and have a look around have a look at how they make all their bits maybe indeed. we can film some stuff it'll be cool we're going to sort that sort of thing out anyway but we'll keep you yeah. posted on uh, what happens there so anyway, so this week's is also a custom shop. Nothing like Gordon Smith in that it's not affordable in the slightest. No, and this is the other end of the scale. I really, I wasn't sure about doing this as a brand of the week because I've always kind of thought that ethos with brand of the week was introducing brands that people didn't necessarily know about, that people could go out and buy. And because uh, certainly our Facebook group is full of like serious uh, a sort of serial gas in enthusiasts. Yes, they buy a lot of stuff. They buy a lot of stuff, and it, it does mean that um, it's easier to to buy a guitar for to drop sort of five hundred pounds on a, a new guitar than it is two thousand. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of the people who follow guitar nerds um, buy a lot of cool intermediate stuff rather than sort of spend saving up loads of money on like an ultimate. I mean, I would struggle to get an ultimate. Like if I was going to spend two grand, I don't know what my ultimate would be. Yeah, I, do, I, um, I often think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd rather own sort of several cheaper like, things yeah, and have too. options, I think, because I'm just, I can't settle. I can't settle on one thing. Anyway, so this is absolutely contradictory to all of that because I've chosen a really expensive custom shop, which is something I didn't necessarily want to do. But I still feel that this brand are worth mentioning, especially for especially for this sort of line of conversation, the group's proved it tonight, sorry, the, uh, the Amplify group has proved it tonight, that people are sort of in two minds about Gibson yep. because of the way they've run their company. So let's look at some custom shop luthiers who essentially offer really similar G models. G-style guitars. G-style guitars for about the same money because yeah. Gibson are charging so much for sort of standard line stuff now yeah. for, well, a bit more money well, not, but still... I mean, you know, those prices have come down from two years ago and then yeah. they're sitting at about the right money I think now. Yes, yeah, true, probably. You, you, you're right. But nonetheless, these are... I thought I'd speak about a brand who um, who offer something, offer the gaps, they plug the gaps that Gibson miss. 
And I also wanted to maybe speak about a, a couple of others briefly as well that do that sort of thing. So the, the brand I'm choosing that, that, that Mark's actually mentioned a couple of times on the podcast in the past is Rock and Roll Relics. Great brand, terrible name. Awful, yeah. awful name, yeah. Really, terrible name. Really bad. Um, so Rock and Roll um, Relics was set up by a, a chap called Billy Rowe, um, who actually was uh, was uh, the guitarist in a band called Jet Boy. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of in the 70s. Do you, do you know Jet Boy? No, not no, particularly. No, well, don't say it like that. Uh, but yeah, so they were sort of, uh, they were coming up in the in the 1980s rather, but um, they, they got signed to a major label and everything, but, uh, you know, nothing nothing came to together from them. I've never listened to them. They, they must have been rubbish, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Billy ended up, um, sort of building guitars for sort of friends because they made a lot of he made a lot of connections through being in sort of a major label signed band and yep. he ended up he has an, a, a he loves old relict guitars you know and uh, and he started making the odd you know guitar like that he became a luthier started making the odd guitar like that his little black book of contacts turned into sort of a company and back in i think it was 2005 um rock and roll relics was formed um rock and roll relics i think if you check out their site they are probably the best relic guitar company out there i think from all the ones i've seen there, there are loads out there but i think from all the ones i've seen rock and roll relics really make some incredible looking guitars they have a, a fantastic range of like a really broad range um of God, guitars they look so good again you can't yeah. see this on the audio podcast but do check it out yeah, is so it rock and roll relics rock and roll relics uh un with an n you know rather than and so um rock and roll relics dot net um and if you go on there you can look up their instruments um now they they their instrument list starts with the Thunder model. I think the Thunder, well, they're called Thunders. Um, the Thunders series um, is uh, is definitely the, the the range that has defined them. They do lots lots of models um, inspired by Johnny Thunders. What? Yeah, Johnny Thunders. Oh, is that a guitar right? player? Yeah, exactly right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Les Paul Juniors, yeah. double cut Les Paul Juniors. So, right, so that's certainly. what they are. So the Thunders uh, can come in single or double cut, and essentially they are Les Paul Juniors. They do them in. Lots of options, so humbucker P90, a double P90. Um, there's different positions. There's like a the model two P90 where you can have like one of the P90s in the middle and one on the bridge. There's there's loads of stuff. Um, they are sort of the bread and butter, I think, of rock and roll relics, and they are also what I think people know rock and roll relics for. They do do other things. They do like a Les Paul copy called the Heartbreaker. I I don't really like the look of it. it has a really underdone horn, lower horn, and it just it makes it look a bit weird yeah. I'm not I'm not 100% into it the the other one that's really cool is the Starfighter which is another Looks sort of absolutely fantastic another sort of uh, uh, um, junior style guitar but the, the horns remind me more of the Gordon Smith style horns yeah or Melody Maker Gibson yeah, the Melody, Melody Maker, Maker much more like that. that they're very very cool they do some Fenders as well but the Fenders for me um, they, do, they do sort of Jazz Masters Jaguars they actually I like the I like the, the Jazz Bastard the Jazz Bastard and the Lati Bastard yeah we actually have an, oh, a proper Jazz Bastard here don't we we, we have can't talk about that until Jay gets here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Jay got his um, offset telly that we've been talking about, mm. and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Oh, okay. Okay. Fine. No, week after. And they do they do some bases as well, but to be honest, the Fender stuff to me just um, is a bit is is a bit like what Fender are already doing, and maybe that's testament to the fact that that Fender are doing what people want, and Gibson are possibly missing the market occasionally. 
Um, the one base that they do, which is incredibly cool, which, oh, interestingly enough, ticks all my boxes. That's weird. They do a Thunders base, which is a double cutaway Les Paul Jr. with a massive um, uh, sort of chrome-covered Thunderbird-style pickup straight in the middle, and it's short scale. How and much? They do it in black. Two and a half, I think. Yeah, that's fine. You can afford that. Yeah, yeah. I know, you're making a. Please, um, if you're uh, you're watching on Amplify, please send in your donations now. Uh, Joe Brandon. I mean, you won't get to put them towards that, but you know, it might pay for him to drink beers on the podcast and money yeah. that you won't have to spend. You <laughs> I'll know, spend them so. on alcohol. Um, um, but yeah, the, the you get some great options anyway. So sort of things like, for example, the uh, um, the one that we've been talking about the, mo- the most, the Thunders, the single pickup version. It starts at uh, two thousand four hundred dollars. Um, and that comes, you can get that in, in uh, four levels of aging, which is light, medium, heavy, and extra heavy relic, much the same as you can Fender, um, and, uh, and comes in a few, uh, a range of uh, standard colours, which are sort of classically Gibson, so you can get those in cherry, black, TV yellow, and an aged white, but they will, they will price you up for sort of your own colour, because these are, of course, all made to spec. Um, I think an incredibly good-looking, incredibly well-made range of custom shop guitars. If you've got something that you want in a Fender, in especially a Gibson style, they, as I said, they do do Fenders, but I think Fender are doing them. So it's almost like, why yeah. would you go to Rock and Roll Relics when you, you can, can get, get a Fender, Fender for the same yeah. money? Um, but they're doing the stuff that Gibson isn't. So definitely go and check out that website, rockandrollrelics.net. Anyone who does a seafoam green Les Paul Jr. is Arit by me. Yeah, I mean, it's the yeah. coolest guitar in the world, and Rock and Roll Relics are awesome. I'm strongly thinking about one myself. Uh, but other than Rock and Roll Relics, I said that I wanted to sort of uh, pull this in with, with a couple of other companies because I don't think Rock and Roll Relics are on their own. As I was researching into this, I was finding loads of other sort of US companies that are really maximizing on the things that Gibson aren't doing. So, um, why don't we save this for next week? Because we're yeah, almost we up, we're almost up at time. I feel that we should do at least one question from the Facebook group. Okay, sure. Um, and we can go over this next week. Maybe yeah, yeah. we'll do a uh, consolidated brand of the week. Okay. So uh, next week, I would let people know. Should I let people know? Yeah. Tell them what you're going to do. Okay. So next week, I'm going to be talking about Collings guitars, who I think are massively undersung for some of the like most well put together really gorgeous looking guitars not necessarily going for a relic just making your perfect guitar collings guitars very small u.s brand um definitely going to talk about them and i want to talk about echo park because i kind of feel like if you're going to talk about rock and roll relics you have to talk about echo park because they're such similar companies so okay uh, we'll talk about those as well next week cool let's um let's do questions Questionable motives. And we're going to do one from the Facebook group. But in the meantime, Joe, if you want to just scout the Amplified chat. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Sorry, I haven't been on there. I was reading other things. Yes. Ruben says, hello, guitar nerds. New member here. I'm looking for a good, affordable compressor. Came across the Moore Yellow Comp. Um, Should I get one? Matt Knight, your thoughts on uh, compressors uh, with that kind of price point in mind? Um, Yeah, the Moore one's actually very, very good. Um... The yellow comp, which, yeah, based on the diamond compressor, I mean, if you AB the two, I think with, like, any of those Moore pedals, I think the difference is obvious. But for a cheap and cheerful compressor, they actually work really well. Yeah. Um, Boss CS3, um, I know we've mentioned it a lot, but still relatively inexpensive tuner that does the job very, very well. Tuner? Uh, tuner, compressor, <laughs> sorry. I was 
came up on I was actually on the Guitar Nerds page at the time and there was something I was like tuna what no um, compressor I'm trying to think what else there is that's not a mini pedal though because for me some of the mini pedals oh, I was going to say I mean, there's the, the electroharmonics Soul Preacher if I remember right is that the name of the compressor yeah it is that's right yeah yeah um, which is a little bit brighter which is nice if you're using humbucker um, or if you want extra trying to like a telly or something like that that works really really well yep. um, but for me with maximum control in terms of a cheap price the boss one very good I, yeah. I have to be careful given yeah. my current standing indeed but, yeah yeah um, you're, you're... I still think that is a very good one and we you know we have mentioned it a lot and it works and you've got more control than some of the more vintage style compressors that just give you volume and compression yeah, um, how do we feel about something like um, an MXR Smart Comp? I mean, I know they're not dirt cheap, um, but they're not hugely I expensive. I just don't think they sound very good. Okay. I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna go down, most people if they're gonna go down MXR, they're gonna go down the Dynacomp, uh, which has got more of that traditional kind of snappy sound to it. Um, I just think that's a better sounding one if you want more vintage compression. If you want a modern compressor. I mean, the Moore Yellow Comp does a very, very good job of that. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, if you are gonna, if you, if compression is gonna be a main effect for you and a main pedal on your board, I think you're actually better off spending the money and getting something better. Um, and for not a lot of money, and I think they're coming soon. I'll just quickly google it we did mention it is the pigtronics philosopher's tone mini yeah i was looking at that the other day a very very good um the philosopher's tone micro they're in stock in the states at the moment so i don't know if anyone's listing them i I know dealers have been fairly sparse on some of the pigtronics stuff in the uk but they're 119 dollars, so they're going to be like 100 quid cool uh and for me i think that would be a very very good choice yeah yeah Cool. Um, I think that answers the question nicely. Thanks, Matt. Joe Branton, any um, any questions? Well, let's just do one quick question from okay, the Amplify there are, chat. There are a couple. They're, I'm going to do these. I'm going to do a couple and make them uh, make them quick. So okay. the first uh, the first one is um, if you had to um, if you had to choose. Who, you say uh, who it's from first. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is from James too. Okay, good. James too. James also. James also. Um, he because he's he's deciding at the moment if um, uh, I think there was supposed to be a safe a space between moment and if if you had to pick between a JCM eight hundred and nine hundred reissue which would you choose Matt and I do you want to say the obvious first I mean that is uh, a really obvious yeah choice. I mean eight hundred yep for me eight hundred every time nine hundreds for me are too fizzy um, yeah. and I think that's kind of the general wisdom really I'm yeah. not. I, I guess they do the reissue because, you know, there's still some affection out there for 900s. But for me, the 800, Absolutely. hands down, every Absolutely. time, yeah, every yeah. time. Let's do one last uh, question. The, the other yeah. one was just a very quick uh, one. Uh, Sam Harding Music had asked uh, if anyone had had any experience with the Fender American Vintage 63 Precision Bass. Oh, Joe Branton, this sounds like a question for you to well, answer. Well, also for you. I'm sure you've had... Uh, 60 the 60s reissue american mm. vintage stuff yeah. i for me doesn't work because the neck is too wide uh yes so this was a weird period for gibson where they made gibson uh, gibson for fender yeah uh, where they made the the they were rosewood necks and they made them quite wide but quite shallow yes but it wasn't that they made them wide they were the same as the 50s they were the same as like the 55 really i'm sure they no, were. no they're definitely wider yeah. like think? the nut is massive on a 
early 60s pea base it's a lot to get your hand around the, the, the weird thing was that they made them shallower as well yeah um, and that made them just yeah I've always felt very unfendery yeah. in the way that they feel like it doesn't feel like you know how a jazz bass is going to feel yeah and that, that they've changed a little bit but more or less we all know what a jazz bass yeah. feels like know how pea bass feels and a 50s pea bass yeah feels yeah, a or just way. modern pea bass oh know? yeah there were wimps out there who played modern pea basses yeah, like, sure, you know, yeah. like all the cool guys um, no one plays modern pea basses mate. all the They're cool awful. guys um, but there's 50s pea basses which were good that was the last time Fender made a good pea bass the 50s unbelievable um, and then uh, yeah this is, so the 63 is alright but yeah just be aware it will feel really weird comparison to in comparison to a mexican um, you know sort of a, an american standard a 50s reissue they were just um an odd incredibly well change. built like the um at the point where they changed it from the 62 to the 63 p base the american vintage series underwent a bit of a transformation and they started yeah. just being a bit better and they were better value for money i think so the price came down a little bit as well so Incredibly well built, but yeah, as you say, be aware that the neck is very unlike any other P bass available. So, if you like the feel of it, then yeah, by all means. Like my opinion of them is very, very high, but they have got a bit of a quirk yeah. in terms of how the neck feels. So, um, yeah, get get down and try one out is uh, is what I'd highly recommend. Absolutely, gents. We're up at time, so we should um, wrap this one up. We are going to continue the conversation over on Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds, uh, where from as little as five dollars a month, you get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week, um, and from ten dollars a month, you get your name read out. Like this. Uh, oh, hold on. Yeah. No, go on. Do something. Wait. Joe's got to find the podcast. I'm going to tell people what weird. So this week on the Patreon, we're going to talk about my top five tips for surviving a guitar shop. Um, because... Guitar shops can be quite terrifying places, I think, uh, if you're looking to buy a guitar, and can be confusing, um, but they don't have to be. They can be wonderful places uh, and fantastic places where people like us have all worked. Um, and Although, so, oh, I, was, I wasn't very good. No, you're useless. But I think that's because you were sort of generally rude, bit salty, Ooh, yes. bit bitter. Yeah, I was really. Um, it was what was really good was face. there was a door um, to the base department that I worked in. And I could close that. Yeah, I mean, you're probably the rudest person I've ever met. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about our five top tips for surviving and buying a guitar from a guitar store. Um, so that's uh, yeah over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, um, where these lovely people are pledging $10 a month and are our executive producers. Angela Merkel, Tony Blair, Carlos Read the names out properly. Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Carlos Mancha, Andrew Marco, Mark Cross, J.D. Short, David Carroll, Andy McKenzie, Brad Pitt, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfroy, Jack Godfroy, Godfroy, Godfrey, Conroy, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Tomset, Wesley Snipes, Laurie Anstis, Moo Gravett, Colin Anderson. And um, I like that Wesley Snipes is a contributor because isn't he still in prison for tax fraud? Is he? Yeah, I think yeah. so. So um, that's uh, good times. Anyway, so that's patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Go there and you can hear all the information we just talked about. Um, you can also go to the Facebook group where you can join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Go to the Amplify page where you can watch us do this live every week. Ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds. You can go to the Instagram that Matt is running. Um, inst- we're just at guitar nerds. We're at guitar nerds on 
on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos for a whole bunch of demos and lists and stuff. Yes. Or you can follow us individually. I'm at Mark underscore random. Matt is Matt underscore Nightsy. Joe is Joseph underscore 900. Well done. Um, follow Jay's adventures uh, for the next few weeks because he's not going to be around at J-A-Y-B-N-1 on the Twitter. Um, thanks very much and uh, join us next week. See you later, gang. Farewell. Bye bye. Join us on Patreon. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.